Hey Westlight, I'm Lori and I'm uh, here with Pastor Stan and we're starting our second sermon, sermon in our Dwell Sermon series. And we're just gonna, it's not gonna be your traditional sermon, we're just gonna hang out and talk about fear. <laughs> what, else is, you know, what could be better than that? Okay, so I loved what Pastor Cox said last week about how our, um, our faith in God is not about life um, under, above, or from, or for him, that it's really life with God. And I think when he talks about in scripture, like, do not be afraid, he's not saying like, fear is bad and just trust in me and automatically stop. He's really inviting us into a process of learning how to um, experience our fear and let go of our desire for control and experience presence with him. And, you know, fear is, is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Because if we didn't have fear, we wouldn't know when we were in danger. So today we're going to talk about two fear, two kinds of fears, the internal fear and the external fear. And so for me, I'm afraid of pain and suffering. And I know it's a little dramatic, but I really am afraid of pain and suffering. And so my main motivation, so is like people may say I'm a planner, but it's really I'm not a planner. I, I want to do things early because I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough time or I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to do what I am supposed to do and I'm going to disappoint and let others down, which really means I have another fear of disappointing others. <laughs> so I have a lot of fear. Um, but when COVID-19 hits, which is like our external fear, like, and things, have, there's more to do and things that we normally do take longer, then it causes more fear in me because, right, there's, I might really run out of time and things are really fearful now. And if I disappoint others, it's going to make it worse. So it's, it's interesting how our, in, our external fears really magnify our internal fears. And so I don't think I'm alone in this. I think we all do this. And so Pastor Stan, I was wondering, like, how do you experience this dynamic between internal and external fears? Uh, I have a fear of making a mistake, of not doing something that uh, is the, quote, right thing to do. And uh, that's fueled in when people come to me with a uh, situation, uh, I want to come up with the right answer. I want to do the right thing rather than uh, being with them necessarily or, or just... Uh, admitting that I don't know. And so I'll try to figure out something. And so with that, what it's basically coming from is a fear of disappointing, like you were talking about, Loria, disappointing them, but also that uh, they're going to see me as uh, not very helpful. Uh, they're going to see me as someone uh, who uh, they uh, can't trust and so all those things start to play into, well, uh, how I view myself, even after I've given them an answer or something, that it starts to become, did I give them the right answer or what's going to happen? And, and if the outcome doesn't happen well, then I, then I start to wonder, well, why did I say that? Was there a better thing to do? And it goes, it spirals uh, if I stay there into where uh, I really can come down hard on myself and really feel like uh, I don't hear God's voice saying that uh, 
I'm worthy, that you aren't based on what you uh, do, and um, I start operating in trying to prove myself and, and doing things and doing good things, and then that's kind of my uh, external, internal battle a lot of times. Oh, yeah, that's good. Thank you for sharing. I was nodding my head, not because I, I, <laughs> I can agree with you, but I can identify. With you. Like, those are a lot of how I'm feeling. Um, so this kind of reminds me of a conversation that we had a few months ago about like, I think you're, you know, the fear and the external and just kind of the tone or the, the um, we were talking about Peter walking on water and just the tone of Jesus's voice. And that really stuck out to me. And so I thought we could talk about that. And I wanted to read the passage um, for all of us, um, Matthew 14, 25 through 32. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But suddenly Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got out of and when they got out of the boat, the wind ceased. And so I don't know, kind of probably you're saying the external <laughs> really uh, helps, you know, impacts the internal. When I uh, read that, tell me if I read any of those words with the wrong tone. <laughs> I, I hear, oh, you have little faith, why'd you doubt? But tell me, correct me in the way that I'm reading and thinking and explain, unpack the whole passage, please. <laughs> well, it's not scolding, Peter. I don't see, I don't see uh, God ever scolding us. And I see God pointing out things to help us become better. But the tone, like you said, is, is never going to be where you don't measure up. Jesus never uh, talked about what Peter did. It was more about where his belief and where his heart was. And, that, and if it was about performance, he should have gone after the other disciples because they just kind of froze. But it's Peter who when he experiences that presence with God, he immediately wants to do something with it. And so that's why I relate with Peter. I, I think when I've experienced the presence of God, it's like, okay, you're here, God, so now what, what are we going to do? What do, we, what do we need to do? And to me, the part of God's graciousness is he doesn't tell Peter, well, you need to sit there and, and kind of focus in on what, what's happening. But he says, he says come. And so Peter comes and he starts to, to walk on water. Uh, one of the things I noticed about that, pa that passage is Jesus never commands his disciples to do anything. That he uh, addresses them with the, that phrase that you said, take heart, 
which is basically, I believe, looking at an internal process of well, what what's going on inside of you. And his statement, uh, it is I do not fear, is basically what he offers to us when we're in it, when the external things start to uh, create this fear in us that he offers his presence and he offers it in a way that uh, we can know that we aren't alone and that he's with us. He didn't change any of the external things by walking on water, by doing any of those things. But I think part of it, part of this passage shows that when we uh, seek to address our internal issues with internal behavior, it doesn't work. And that's, for me, that's what happened with Peter, that he started walking on water. And I think part of the expectation was, well, if I'm doing everything that Jesus is doing, shouldn't there be a change? Shouldn't the wind and the waves stop? And uh, what happens is they don't. And so then he starts to do what I often do is, is to look at, well, what am I doing? How can I improve it? Or, you know, what is there? And, and so instead of focusing in on what uh, God is asking him to focus, Jesus is asking him to focus on, he focuses in on the problem. All of this to say, I don't believe Jesus is scolding Peter when he says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I think it's more like, trying to help Peter see that, uh, you know, you can't base your relationship with me on external. So it kind of goes with what Pastor Kotz was talking about, that it's not about what you do for God. It's not about the, your activity. It's about well, where is your heart? Is it with God or is it someplace else? And uh, so when I hear, oh, you little faith, I don't hear that as a statement against Peter's faith. I see it more as a, look at Peter, you just have a little faith, and look what you just did. You walked on water. And, and there is going to be something more than just walking on water. There's going to be lots of other things. And the why did you doubt, I see it as you don't have to choose that, that that you have a choice to continue on. You aren't stuck that, well, this is how much my faith is and, and that's all I'm ever going to do. So I'm never uh, going to be able to do more than that. I think, I think it's a matter of God was giving Peter a vision of what's the great opportunity that he was going to have. He loves us and he, he doesn't, uh, want us to be under the impression that his love is meant for us to do things or meant for us to prove our love that it's more about can we spend time with him can we trust him can we grow in uh, a an assurance that we're safe with him and that even when there's storms and, and winds and things that well because he's there we're safe. And so it's kind of like what Kotz was talking about with Justin and the thunderstorms. You know, uh, 
I know I have a tendency to try to explain things to to like my children and things. So I would have talked about, well, thunder is not going to, it's just a sound. But I'm glad Kotz is better than that and that he can just be with Justin and be, let him know that, uh, well, the thunder doesn't scare my love away from you. And I think that's what God wants us to hear in, in times of stress and things and, and fear. So I'm going to throw a curveball at you. <laughs> All right. But um, so, you know, like in this pandemic or even like in general, like whatever, like maybe you lost a loved one or maybe you and you're praying like for God to heal them or maybe you lost your job and or you're sick and or, you know, your, your mother is sick and you're really afraid. And then I feel like we we assume God has abandoned us or he's trying to teach us a lesson or it just feels so alone. What would you say to that person? So basically it's a matter of when we are in that point of pain is to be able to, to uh, express our pain, to name the pain. And by naming the pain, we can then share it with other people, uh, safe people, and people can uh, know that uh, it may not be where we can fix the problem, but we can know that we're journeying together toward a fix, toward a, a resolution. That, uh, and that's basically uh, the message of, yeah, God, allows pain but god does not want us to dwell on pain that uh, he has a a uh, peace that he offers to us instead of pain and it may not change the circumstances but we are then better able to uh, face the pain and not have it paralyze us and not have it make us depressed and, and hopeless and uh in a downward spiral, but it's a slow upward spiral. So uh, those are the things, to, to name it, to share it, and then to, to step into it together. Thank you. That's <laughs> so comforting because I think, yeah, our tendency, like you said, like Peter, is to look at the storm or to look at our circumstances and, and to remember that, yeah, that Jesus is... Um, he doesn't say suck it up and we're going to stay and practice walking on water and all <laughs> 11 of you come out or we're going to do this together. Right. It's, it's, uh, he just has a heart of compassion and love and that he, he wants to know that he's with us. And, um, and that's our invitation. And I love, um, the practice, like what you suggested, like we can do that this week. And for those of you who are listening, we're going to post, um, those, uh, questions and those things that we can reflect on on the on their website but yeah I just um, I think I thank you so much Dan for sharing and I think we both can say to you all, all of us that our hope for Westlight is that we would as we go through this series in the next couple weeks and, and the rest of this pandemic thing that we're going through that we would really um, yeah 
not focus on what we don't, on the circumstances. Don't focus on the circumstances, but focus on um, Jesus who loves us, who is for us, who's on our team, he's on our side, and he's with us. And, and may we all learn how to, um, to dwell with him. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Lord.